Okay, Nancy, we get to have our first interview this time. That's right. It's been so good to get to hear from Caressa. Like, I really loved what she had to share with us. I know. And, you know, there was just so much to it. I mean, I just was like, I couldn't, like, take notes and think fast enough for all of the stuff she gave us. Uh So it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I had so many ideas. I left with so many ideas. Um, I made some notes and I've got uh, some things added to my grocery list. I mean, the whole (laughs) nine yards. (laughs) Yep. So we are so excited for you all to hear what she had to say. So let's get started. Welcome to Not Connected. We are your hosts, Becky Welsh and Nancy Thomas, and we use Christ, counseling, and community to connect with God and others. Um, So uh, we are so excited to have as our very first guest, Caressa Baker, who is the wife of Brian Baker, who happens to be... um, they are my pastors um, at Life Church here in McKinney. And um, I got to know Caressa a little bit. And just to hear her story um, was just amazing. And so she was one of the first people I thought of to do this um, because I just, I, I loved, first of all, her perseverance and all that. And then just her knowledge of nutrition um, and so, Caressa, thank you so much for being here and doing this. Thank you and, for asking me. Yeah. So, like, first of all, would you just kind of share your story and how, like, you got interested in nutrition and that kind of thing? Sure. Um, so, we've got four girls, and our oldest is 16. Our, then we have a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 6-year-old. About... Six years ago, we noticed something going on with Macy. She is now our 10-year-old. She was four at the time. And she was she's always been kind of quiet personality, played well by herself, didn't really, you know, need that extra attention from mom and dad all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just thought, wow, we got an awesome kid <laughs> they can just hang out and play and she's fine um but then we had Carly after that and we started noticing some things with Macy just as a baby she was sick all the time she didn't really crawl when she should have been crawling uh there was just a lot of different things. She would have rashes, constant ear infections, constant uh, strep throat issues. <clears throat> and the older she got, there was just something different that we could tell was going on, but we weren't really sure. And, you know, multiple trips to the doctor. And they're like, no, she's fine. She's developing how she should be. Everything's fine. She looks great. And it wasn't until she started school that they said, hey, I think something is going on. And then we realized that she was having seizures, um, absent seizures. And at the time, it wasn't very often, 
it was just enough to notice something was going on. Um, and I, we went and saw a neurologist and immediately they wanted to do medication, which is fine, you know, for some people, but for us, we felt like that wasn't where God was directing us. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of a, okay, God, where, where do you want us to look if we're not doing medicine? Um, so then we kind of looked into some other options. At the same t- as the years went on, we tried a couple different things, different therapies, and she wasn't really getting better. And then she started having stomach issues, and it got to the point of every four to six weeks, she would have migraines for a week. She would be so sick to her stomach, she couldn't do anything, couldn't get out of bed. We would get calls from the school. And this was probably three years ago. So she was about six or seven when this was happening. And so they were calling us constantly from the school. She needs to get picked up. Her stomach is hurting. Um, and we could not figure out what was going on. We saw specialists. They didn't know what was happening. They did all kinds of testing. Um, and, you know, we just were trying to figure out how can we help our girl without medicating her. Um, so then one of our friends said, Hey, I saw this doctor. I think that you would really benefit from seeing them. And so we took Macy in and this, at this point is when she was her sickest. I physically had to carry her into the doctor's office. She couldn't even walk. Yes. This was three years ago. So she was 10 or she was, she was seven. Um, so I had to carry her in and I lay her on the table. And as soon as we walk in the doctor, he asks if he can pray for her. And I thought this in itself was huge for us because we had not seen a doctor that cared that much for her specifically. Um, that just gave me goosebumps right there. Right? Yeah. Um, and he wanted complete healing for her body, not just what can I do right now to get you out of here kind of situation. Mm. And so then that kind of started the whole track of how nutrition played a part in it. And right before we had taken her in that week, she had been so sick for five days straight. She did not eat. Um, she would not get out of bed. It was, it was awful. She and didn't eat for five days. She didn't eat for five days. And wow. during the whole time, her seizures went down and I just, it was like an epiphany of, Oh my gosh, something that she's eating mm-hmm. is triggering what is going on in her body. Huh. And so when I carried her into the doctor's, that doctor's office, I said, this is what I think is happening. I've been told that food is not the problem. What 
like, what is your opinion on this? And they said, okay, well, we're going to do some blood work. And they checked a few things. And they suggested that we do a, it's called a repair vite diet. And you cut out every single thing that's inflammatory. Mm. And she probably had about 20 things that she could eat at the time. And that was January of 2019 when we started that. And it was supposed to be a 90 day reset to get everything out of her system, cut down all the inflammation and then start adding individual foods back in to see if she had a reaction and what the reaction was. Can you share a little bit about like some of those foods that are inflammatory? Yeah, we had to cut out everything. We had to cut out every kind of nut. We had to cut out eggs. We had to cut out all dairy. We had to cut out nightshades, which are tomatoes, peppers, paprika, white potatoes. Um, we had to cut out all kinds of gluten. Um it was like bare minimum food is mm. what she could have. I mean, there were fruits that she couldn't have yet on there because of the sugar intake. So we had a, it was very, very slim picking. Um, so we did that for 90 days and it was I felt like it was an experiment every single day of, okay, what can I make with the foods that you're allowed to make it appealing to a seven-year-old <laughs> and the rest of our family because there's six people in our family and we weren't going to feed her something separate and then everybody else eat junk food right in front of her. Um, so it was like, okay, let's do smoothies for breakfast. There's a lot of coconut milk-based smoothies for breakfast and then some kind of extra protein, whether that was like super clean chicken or some kind of clean breakfast sausage. But we had to be really careful with like any kind of pepper seasoning, mm -hmm. like bell peppers or anything like that since she wasn't allowed to have those yet. So then I started documenting on social media of like, okay, this is what we're having today. This is what we're having day two, just to keep us accountable mm -hmm. and to go back and say, okay, you really loved this. Let's keep trying this. And so we get through the 90 days and Macy hasn't had a stomach ache she, her seizures are gradually going down at the point of when we started, there were a hundred a day or more. Wow. And they were gradually going down and she was having more energy and wanting to get out and play. And you could see a physical difference. Her eyes weren't so sunken in. She didn't have dark circles under her eyes. And so I was like, okay, I think we're on the right track. We're going to keep moving along. And after the 90 days, 
it was a point of, oh my gosh, I'm really scared to add anything back in because what if it's a major backslide? Mm -hmm. um, the first thing we got to add in was egg yolk because you have to do the egg white and the egg yolk separately uh, because yolk is usually the bigger trigger. Mm. Um, so we did that and she had a little bit of a reaction on her stomach. She had a rash. So then we had to wait a week to cut it back out and try to add it back in. And she was okay after that. So then we had to wait another week and then we could add the egg white in. So it was a very slow process of adding everything back in to where she could be okay. I was about to say the patience you had to have. Right. It was very, I felt like that was the harder part of the whole situation was adding food back in mm -hmm. and then waiting to see if there was a reaction. And the reaction wasn't always a rash. A reaction could have been an emotional meltdown or any kind of behavior change. It could have been she was extra moody that day or just like a bad temper or her ears itching or it could have been just, it's very random things that you're like, that has nothing to do with it except it did. Or like, oh, my throat's scratchy today. Okay, well, we'll write that down. And then trying to find out from a seven-year-old, how are you feeling? Right. <laughs> Are you feeling any different? So you, I really felt like I had to be in tune with how Macy was feeling or just any kind of personality change or behavior change of, okay, we added this back in and now you're crying a lot today. And I think it's because we added this back in. So it was kind of a week of, watching every single time we added something back in a lot of writing down of this is what I'm seeing a lot of food journaling during that whole time we got through it we did not ever add back in gluten or dairy because when she had the testing we found out that she had an actual whey allergy mm. that nobody had ever discovered the entire time we had been looking. Um, so then we knew we had to be super careful with dairy. And so we cut dairy, gluten, most sugars, you could have natural sugars, and then we cut out corn. And those are her biggest triggers for inflammation and then for behavior changes. Um, and we noticed, we could see the physical difference that the seizures were going down, that her stomach wasn't hurting, that she wasn't having the nausea, that she wasn't having the abdominal headaches. What I wasn't expecting was for her teachers and for her leaders in her class at church to approach me and say, Hey, 
Macy is coming out of her shell. She's mm. engaging in conversations with other kids. She's initiating conversations with adults. And I did not realize that food was making that kind of an impact on her this entire time. I thought she's just quiet. She's shy. That's just her personality. And then after hearing that, it was kind of like hearing, oh, my gosh, food has been keeping her prisoner inside her own body. And I didn't even realize it. So then after that, I started paying more attention to our other girls and what food was doing to their bodies. So some of our kids have like some skin issues and they've always had kind of just rashes or just these little bumps. And I didn't really think anything of it at the time, but then after those years with Macy and going through all of that, I've kind of like, oh, it may be the food that we're putting into your body that's causing all of these reactions. Mm-hmm. And one of our daughters, oh. go ahead. No, I, I was just, I, that was my question. It was just kind of like, I know that Brian had said, you know, it ended up affecting him in such a positive way too so yeah that was my question is just how did it affect everybody else yeah one of our other daughters she kind of was more emotional than the rest and we thought it was sugar in the beginning but it we cut out corn for her and it is it has been the biggest difference so Mm -hmm. Corn doesn't really seem like it would be that big of a deal. I don't think when people, you know, think about food allergies, you usually think of the big ones like nuts or dairy or gluten. But corn is such an inflammatory food that it it can really mess with your body. And for her, it was a huge difference in behavior just by cutting that out. Well, as I say, it sounds like you know, it doesn't just mess with your body, it messes with your emotions and, you know, maybe even a little bit of your personality and how how you relate. Yep. It definitely, definitely does. I mean, when we took out the corn for this one specific daughter, it was, she wasn't so angry and frustrated all the time. And it kind of just released that on her from her. And I don't know exactly why that is such a trigger for her, but it you can definitely tell when she has it, even now. Hmm. But so then 2019, I had, a, or 2020, I had a shoulder injury. And I was like, okay, I need to the same doctor for myself and kind of get evaluated and see what food I need to cut out. And so I did that for myself. We followed the family as the most part. We followed what Macy was eating. But there was, you know, there's a bunch of us. Food can be very expensive. And so we were like, okay, we'll just 
do these specific things for Macy and then the rest of us will kind of just get by. But then when 2020 happened, it kind of forced us to be like, okay, let's all just do this together. And it helped us to really see how food was affecting all of us Hmm. as a family. And then it kind of forced us to be like, okay, we can't get everything that we need at the store all the time. So what are the priorities and how are we going to make this work with our budget? So what'd you come up with? What was like, if you were, if you were going to, you know, talk to somebody that wanted to, you know, start this, that that's hearing this, that's a parent that's going, you know, yeah, I want to try to start this you know, from a budget point of view and just from a a food point of view, because I know you just spent a ton of time just researching, um, you know, hours and hours researching all this stuff. Where would you tell them to start? I, I feel like the biggest thing is eating real food. So if you're looking at ingredients, the fewer ingredients an item has, the better it's going to be. And I, for us, Macy tested, um, she has an issue with herbicides and pesticides. So we have to be very careful with non-organic foods for her. And I know that can be very expensive. Um, but for her, it's a, that's a big priority for her and her food. Um, but we didn't start there. We started, there's always a list of the dirty dozen for fruits and vegetables. So I would recommend if you're going to start looking at eating cleaner, you start with that list. And that's something you can just look yeah, up Yeah, you on just Google it yeah. and it changes every year. So it, it just depends on what is in season what's out of season. I also recommend eating in season foods. So mm-hmm. we're in the winter right now. Berries are not in season and they're very expensive. Mm-hmm. So save that for the summertime and eat it when it's cheaper or you could buy frozen and it saves a little bit of the cost. You kind of just have to play around with those things and change it up. Um, and I would recommend, you know, not all organic is good. It can be organic and it can have 25 ingredients on the list. Right. Yeah. Organic doesn't necessarily mean, okay, eat it. Right. Right. So you really have to just be cautious of reading the labels, trying to minimize the ingredient list. And I think offering a variety of things to your kids and doing it often. You would, There's been a lot of people that I've talked to are like, oh, my kids will never eat some broccoli. But how many times have you tried feeding your kids <laughs> broccoli? <laughs> or how many different ways have you tried feeding your kids broccoli? So for us, we ha- I have always said, okay, you're having a vegetable. Whether you have one bite of it or you eat a whole plate of it, that's kind of up to you. But it's always an 
it's always going to be on your plate. And I'll pack it in their lunch boxes. And if they don't eat it at lunch time, then they'll come home with their lunch box and it will have the vegetable in it. And that will be the first thing they have to eat before they can have a snack. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So it's super important to me that they're eating fruits and vegetables and protein. And I always tell my kids, okay, you can't have an empty carb if they want a snack. It has to have a fat or it has to have a protein with it mm-hmm. just to balance their blood sugar. And they probably, yep. you know, my kids are probably a little bit more experienced with all the different fruits and vegetables because I've, I mean, we've always had them around Hmm. and we've tried different kinds of meat. Um, My six-year-old right now, she begs for us to have cow tongue tacos because we (laughs) tried it one time and she absolutely loved it. And I feel like if people would just, be a little more open-minded and try some new things and don't automatically assume that your kids are going to hate it. Just try it. And And give up just because, just because you think they're a picky eater. Don't, don't give up. Right. Right. Yep. We have one of our daughters. She, I would say she's my pickiest eater, but she is my best eater of fruits and vegetables. Oh wow! She's definitely harder to get to eat a protein than anything else. So then I have to just make sure. Okay, why do you not like protein? She just she's a very textured eater. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like any kind of sauce. She doesn't like any kind of dipping stuff. She would rather have a lot of things just raw vegetables versus cooked. And so that that might be something people try. I know my kids prefer raw bell peppers over cooked. So when I make something with cooked bell peppers, I add a little bit of cooked, and then I leave some raw on the side, and then they can choose. Mm. Would you rather have them raw or would you rather have them cooked? That way they still have an option, but they are still you still have to choose one or the other. That's awesome. So I know too that um, you are still posting like stuff that you make and stuff that you find and create. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if somebody wanted to follow that and like copy, where would they find you? I'm on Instagram, Caressa Baker, and same thing on Facebook. Perfect. Yeah, and we'll we'll link those too, so okay. that they can find you. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And I, Any, I think people ahead. should just not overcomplicate it. It doesn't have to be some fancy recipe. It could just be something super easy. Um, and I feel like, like what a lot would of be time, your favorite. What would be one of your your favorites and one of your girls' favorites? My kids love this rice bake that we make. It has some sausage and it has some shredded chicken and rice and celery and onions and some chicken broth. Sounds Super good. Super simple, 
easy, and they love that with roasted broccoli. Um, last night, they had just some fried potatoes, some ground beef, and a salad. Like, yeah. it does not we have try to, to complicate it too much, don't we? <laughs> yeah. I mean, as long as it's some good protein, some good vegetables, and then some kind of carb or starch, that's what we try to use as a little, uh, just like, that's our basic. And then I try to use dessert as fruit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So they feel like they're getting a treat with something sweet, but it's just fruit. <laughs> Nancy, you've got two little ones. Any yeah. any questions, thoughts? Yeah, no. What is, one of the questions that went through my mind was if you were to pick like your top five staples that you have in your house, in your pantry, or in your fridge all the time, what would those be? It doesn't have to be five, but just top in your we family. We always have some kind of grass-fed beef. Mm. Um, and I recommend, if you can find a local butcher, mm -hmm. I definitely recommend that over the store. Right. Um, we always have broccoli, always. Uh, usually apples or bananas because they're easy to pack and take with you. Yeah, You don't have to do anything with it. We have beef sticks or some kind of protein that can go. So mm -hmm. either a beef stick or a pack of nuts, those kinds of things just to have in the car or you could just throw in your purse. You can pull it out wherever you are and just have a little snack. Yeah. And usually we have just like a rice is in my pantry or some kind of gluten-free pasta. Mm. Those are my main things. The kids love any of those. Yeah. Those sound great. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. No. And then I was also thinking as you were talking, one thing that really stood out to me was that attention, right? Your attunement to your kids, their reactions. And that's just so important. Yeah. I, I feel like I had to pay attention for Macy and I felt like her getting so sick was her body's way of just screaming out that something was wrong. And it really forced us to pay very specific attention to why was she in so much pain? Mm -hmm. Why was her body having these seizures? What was the relation? And I think that week of her getting so sick really made me pay attention to, oh my goodness, it is something that you're eating and no matter what I said to some of the doctors, they said, no, that can't be it. Mm. But I just had this, I guess it was a mama instinct of, sure, you have to fight for your kid mm. because you know them the best. And if you feel like something is truly wrong, it may take you doing all kinds of research and, you know, fighting for this specific child of, 
okay, God gave them to me to take care of and to steward. And that's my job. And so you may have to put in all of the work. Even when people are like, no, that's not what it could be. You know, if you just know in your gut, then you've got to put in the work. Yeah. And it sounds like to me, part of that attunement, um, because Nancy, that stuck out to me too, was writing it down and journaling. And like that habit for you of creating more attunement and being intentional about that was writing it down. Yeah. And that really helped when like looking back on it, it helps to see the progress and it helps give you the motivation to keep going. Mm. Okay. Maybe you had 50 seizures yesterday and you only had 45 today. Something in there made a difference. Mm-hmm. So we're going to keep working forward. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. We're going to keep trying. We're going to keep researching. We're going to keep eating as clean as we possibly can. Or it also helped to see, okay, you had more today. What did you eat? Mm-hmm. Or did you not get enough sleep? Because it's, you know, it's, there's so many things. Are you moving your body? Are you getting outside? All of the different things play into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then maybe one one last thing in this, Nancy, you have something else. I just wanted to see, because you kind of mentioned it in the beginning, how how did faith play a part in all that for, for you and Brian both? That was a really big part because I felt like God so clearly spoke to me and said, do not medicate when it would have been so easy to just medicate, especially because I felt like I wasn't qualified to figure out any of this. I did not know, you know, how to navigate a child with seizures, what, kind of nutrition she needs, what kind of nutrition is actually good nutrition for her, how to budget all of this. And so I wrote down when I felt like God spoke to me and said, do not medicate so that I could look back and say, oh yeah, I did hear from him clearly Mm. that this is what, this is the road that we are supposed to be on for our family. And it just, gave me the reassurance of, okay, you were there then. You're going to be here today. You're going to be here with me tomorrow. You're going to walk me through this every step of the way. And then it helped to know, okay, you put this specific person in place to help in this situation, or you navigated us here. It was all Mm. the whole time that's awesome that's awesome wow he even brought people to the church to the point of somebody came up to me and said hi I don't really know you 
and I don't really know Macy's story, but have you ever thought that food could possibly be playing a part in it when <laughs> I was already feeling like that it was? But it was like God was giving me the reassurance of, hey, you're on the right path. Yeah. Right. Trust me in this. Yeah. So, yeah. He's so you good just, like that, isn't he? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to hear from somebody face to face and then you know that, okay, God, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Wow. Uh, Nancy, you want to wrap us up? Yeah. Well, Carissa, thank you so much for being here with us today. That was so helpful. I feel like we could go on and on for hours <laughs> let ourselves. I have so many questions I could ask you, but it got our listeners started, got us started thinking about some of this um, if we haven't already. Um, and so thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to add as we wrap up today? I would say there was a book that really helped me get started oh. in all of this. And it's called What If You Knew by Dr. Kyle Daigle. And it kind of, it doesn't specifically speak about the seizures. It's more of how your body and how your brain reacts to food and movement. And it's a very short read. It's under 60 pages. Oh, wow. It's a great starting point just to have that connection of, how things kind of work in your body with what you're putting into it and how, what you're doing with your body. That's perfect. That's so helpful. And we'll, we'll link that as well um, as your Instagram page and Facebook page. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Carissa, thank you so much. We you're will welcome. talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. 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 We are so thankful that you have decided to join us today. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that you'll join us next time as we discover new ways to connect. Also, make sure you like and share our profiles on Facebook and Instagram, and sign up for our newsletters to get the most up-to-date information. You won't want to miss it. Don't forget to connect the knots.